you're listening to Live with Lija. I'm your host, Lija, duh. I'm a lawyer and YouTuber, and I keep you up to date with a zero BS take on the news every Thursday morning at 10.30 a.m. Central, live on YouTube. And then I post that audio here for you as a podcast so you can listen on the go, you busy fucking bee. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Happy Thursday. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Don't forget to be a little gay this month as a treat. Don't forget to spread the agenda, comrades. Be be a little gay as a treat. Tell your neighbors that they should probably be a little gay as a treat too. Because it's Pride Month, and if they're not, they're not being good allies. I said it. If you're not a little bit gay, you're not being a good ally. Also, not that this overshadows Pride Month, um, but it is also today the uh, first day of my brand new course, Catalyst Academy. I've been doing a pre-sale all this past month, but today is the day it launches. It hasn't launched yet. Those of you who have bought it, hi. Um, it is launching after I, literally after I'm done with this live stream, I'm sending you the link. I was just adding some little finishing touches this morning because I'm a perfectionist. Um, also, if you bought the course, don't forget we're having our um, little fun uh, meet and greet, exclusive meet and greets today at noon central time. I mean, me and all the other people taking the course, we're going to chat and say hi. If you're interested in taking the course um, and enrolling, there's a link in the description below. I teach you how to grow a thriving YouTube channel in as little as five hours per week. How fun. Teach you how I do what I do. Those are my, uh, those are all my takeaways for, for today, for this month. Fun day. It is going to be, I think, 90 fucking degrees in Minnesota today. So we have officially entered summer. My acupuncturist, who's <laughs> a very smart man, um, thinks we're going to have an extremely hot summer. Which, uh, don't love that. Don't love that for me. Though, I have a setup now in my house. I have an old house. We don't have AC. But I got a couple AC units running and some doors because my house is from the 1880s is Victorian. So it's, it's not open concept. It is the antithesis of open concept. It is many different rooms. It feels like you're in a museum. I'm obsessed with it. I love my house. Anyway, um, because of that, there are some strategic doors I can close. And so I can keep like an area of my downstairs air conditioned with two AC units. And it's also necessary so that Moira doesn't overheat and fucking die because she's so sensitive. So sensitive. Um, and other Moira news, I know I should be getting right, right to the news, but I need to talk about my dog Moira because in other Moira news, um, last night we had week two of our six-week level two class. Yes, we jumped right into level two from level 1.5 obedience. And frankly, she's the star of the class. Not only is she teacher's pet because the teacher clearly has a little soft spot for bulldogs. 
Um, but literally everyone last night, because Moira showed up to class last night in her, um, she has a cooling vest that I got for her. That's rainbow, obviously, because pride. Um, but you get the vest wet and it just kind of s simulates sweating. So it just helps keep her a little bit cooler. Um, so she wore that last night because sometimes it gets hot in there. And everyone thought she was the cutest belle of the ball. But she's so smart. So she... <laughs> Absolutely a gifted child of a gifted child. You know, you know how I love having the star of the class as my daughter. So. Oh my gosh. Hi. Fellow White Hawk. Not a lot of Mounties out in the world that you run into. Hello. That's right. <laughs> gotta make that one guy happy this is your happy news okay all right are you happy now um so yeah more is the star of the show she's doing great we're trying to keep her cool that's the whole that's the whole task of the summers keeping that baby cool oh also i got her a life vest it's bright pink and we went to the lake this weekend and i have a like 40 foot long leash so i just like put her in her life vest and hooked her up to that long leash and then just like cast her out like a fish and she was running through the water and then she got in deep enough and kind of like she it was the first time she had swam before but it was like instinctual she was like doing it I didn't like throw her off a boat into the deep end it was like from shore but she got in there deep enough that she started kind of swimming and it was so cute I know I don't have I didn't take pictures of it because I was so distracted by how cute it was but we'll be doing it frequently throughout the summer so i will absolutely post it on the patreon exclusive moira patreon content that's mainly what i've been posting lately <sighs> there's nothing there's nothing moira can't do okay let's uh let's get into the news um <laughs> this, is, this is what i pay for good I, i'm glad i'm glad okay I need to share my screen with you. Yes, there she blows. All right. So, Pride-related, happy Pride Month. Pride-related, there's been, probably heard of it, tons of blowback this year over Pride merch. Um, partially because some of it is, like, trans Pride, and people are, like, at a fever pitch about trans rights right now, so I think there's just extra... There's just extra people being on edge. So, <clears throat> but also very absurd because like we're supposed to be the snowflakes, okay? Like if you're going to call a snowflake a snowflake, let us do the snowflaking, okay? But you guys can't handle a rainbow fucking t-shirt, a fanny pack. You can't handle that. That's what you're mad about. Get a life. Get life. And of course, as ever, they're using the fear-mongering of child grooming to push they being anti-LGBT people. Um, the fear-mongering of child grooming to push their agenda, claiming that some of the Pride merch from Target was being marketed to children, even though it definitely was not. I saw someone claim that a woman, like, took a shirt from the adult section, brought it to the children's section, and made a video being like, oh my god, they're marketing this to children. I feel like I, I already made a video on my main channel about parents' rights, but I feel like there's more to unpack about why 
the children are always the rallying cry. I don't get it. Like I posted a Instagram reel. I don't often post Instagram reels because my Instagram is kind of like my private me time. I post a lot of really funny fire memes over there in my stories. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, highly suggest just at Legia Miller. Um, <laughs> I'm very funny, but I don't often post law stuff over there because it's more of just like a personal page where I share personal stuff. But I did post one where I was talking about parental rights and how they're based on an, this, the part of the 14th Amendment that gay rights are also based on and abortion was also based on, but conservatives are fine with it being made up for their parents' rights, but not when it's for the rights of abortion and other things. People are pissed. It's by far my best performing reel. And I am on the day, I posted this well over a month ago, and I'm on the daily getting comments on that thing being like, who the hell do you think you are that you can tell me what to do with my children? Like, why do people get so, I mean, I know that having a child makes you insane. It's why I never want to have a child. doesn't matter where you're on on the spectrum of politically where you land. I think having, like, having a child would certainly make me insane. And before I went to law school, I worked at a company that manages private K through 12 schools, admissions and financial aid. There's like middlemen, multi-million dollar businesses that just do this middle thing where it's like, we will, we will manage your applications, your admissions, your billing and everything for you. And they work with tons and tons of private schools across the country and in like Puerto Rico and elsewhere. And so like, I spoke to parents every day. And there's one thing I can say is that when you have a child, your brain falls out your asshole. You just, you lose your fucking mind. So I think that might be part of it. But I just, I don't get the obsession with the grooming. And I know that historically that's been the thing, like gay men are grooming our children. But like, why? Where, who came up with that? You know, maybe that's a whole separate video. Oy, oy, oy. Okay, so this, but I, I thought this article was interesting because it said that the brand creator is relieved after Target pulled his items off shelves because of online backlash. Um, so he was thrilled to get this Target partnership. I mean, like, that's a huge deal. But then things fell apart. About a week and a half ago, the artist Carnell said he started receiving hundreds of hateful messages, including death threats, some of them incorrectly saying the collection was being marketed to children as some people lashed out at Target over its pride offerings. By Wednesday, Target had pulled Abprelin, that's the name of the brand, items from its U.S. stores and online market. Um, so Target said, since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. And the artist's immediate reaction was relief. The amount of backlash that I've gotten has been overwhelming. And I just hope that this is the beginning of the end of the messages and the onslaught that I'm getting. I don't know what other than pulling it could be done to protect the retail employees. He said their safety absolutely has to be the top priority. Still, Carnell is disappointed that Target wasn't more communicative with him about the decision, though he's heard from a distributor he was working with. He hasn't received any word from the corporate office. And this is the merch. Cure transphobia, not trans people. Yeah, but I could I could see how that would make a transphobe mad because they're, you know, being called out. <laughs> um, and then the other one was this fanny pack, we belong everywhere. Now that's now that's a shade too far. <laughs> 
On Twitter, right-wing commentator Matt Walsh described a targeted campaign that goes beyond Ab Brolin or Carnell. The goal is to make pride toxic for brands. He said, if they decide to shove this garbage in our face, they should know that they'll pay a price. It won't be worth whatever they think that they'll gain. One silver lining of the attention has been a spike in support, financial and emotional, for this artist. The Ab Prowlin site has gotten so many orders that he temporarily closed the virtual store in order to catch up. I've been inundated with support, he said, including so many beautiful, compassionate, loving messages. And when I'm in a better headspace, I know how much that's going to have a positive impact on me. And like, as someone who personally exists very publicly online and who is a woman with opinions on the internet, not a popular subgroup of the population, can confirm it is a mind fuck when you get an onslaught. Um, I obviously have not been attacked for, well, I guess not obviously. I personally haven't been attacked for my like views on my pro-LGBTQ views. I'm also not trans or, you know, like dealing with that level of kind of vitriol at the moment. So I definitely, I think his experience as the artist making this this merch is on such a much huger scale than anything I've experienced. But even what I've experienced, um, the blowback I've experienced, specifically from the Amber Heard videos that I made, let's not get into it, um, was it's, it's, it, people will come out of the woodwork on every, every place you exist online to tell you that you're a piece of shit and they'll get creative and they'll be unrelenting and like, it's wild. Like I have separate YouTube channels that people would comment things on say like, because they heard what they wanted to hear in those videos. And they thought that I was like pro Amber Heard and thought she was like the only victim and, and a good person or something. Cause they heard what they wanted to hear. Um, and so, yeah, it was, they, they it's, to this day, I get comments on random videos of people being like, well, I can't support you because you blah, blah, blah. But also to this day, I still get messages from people being like, thank you so much for that video. That really meant a lot to me that you stood up for that. So I imagine what he's going through is that times like a million. And I can't fucking imagine. It's awful. It fucking sucks. So I, I get it to a certain extent. Um, and I do also see Target's position in that, like, they do have legitimate concerns for their employees being targeted. I don't think that's outlandish. Um, and it's not just Target that's currently facing blowback for partnering with LGBTQ artists. Um, the North Face is facing blowback for partnering with drag queen Patty Gonia, which like, come on, Republicans have to at least appreciate that a little bit because that's just good business. The North Face partnered with a drag queen named for one of their main competitors. That's fucking funny. That's just good business. Can't Republicans see that? Don't they like business over there? Marjorie Taylor Greene encouraged her supporters to boycott North Face, though North Face's parent company did defend the campaign with Patagonia. And at first I was like, there can't be that much overlap between North Face customers and far-right Republicans, but I do believe it is a popular vest option for finance bros, plus the, like, hippie 
to anti-vax libertarian pipeline is very strong. You start out by being like, you know, I'm just trying to stay organic. And then all of a sudden you're like, vaccines cause autism. <laughs> so I could see how the North Face could, could get some blowback. And then, of course, there's the Bud Light blowback after they partnered with Dylan Mulvaney, which, if you don't know, she's a trans TikToker, TikToker who also just seems like the sweetest person who also does not deserve the level of vitriol that she's experienced since the moment she went on the Internet. And frankly, she's a very astute business person. All right. I don't know if I've ever seen someone capitalize so significantly on their viral social media stardom like she has. Like she just gets it just from a purely social media uh, creator to social media creator business respect. I'll say that. Okay. But like also did bigots think that trans people just don't drink their beer ever? Did they think that? And now they're like, oh, no. <laughs> I just don't get why they're so angry. That's all. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And now Bud Light has seen six straight weeks of declining sales, which is like the worst in their history. But that could also be attributed to LGBTQ folks and allies who have also been mad at the brand for not sticking to their guns and backing down. And then separately, they're also mad at Chick-fil-A, of all places, because apparently they have a DEI policy, a diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. And they're like, not on my chicken sandwich. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Why are people so mad? But this is what happens when brands kowtow to whatever the winds of like societal pressure and money pressure tell them to. And when they're so beholden to the bottom line that they can't think straight, like either partner with a trans person and stick with it or fucking don't try to capitalize on that community. You have to at least be like, yep, we'll probably get some blowback from this. Let's let's think about that before we do it. Like, hello. And like I said, I do understand the fear, though, of Target employees getting hurt because we also live in America and the people who are mad at LGBTQ merch and the people who own guns, that Venn diagram is a circle. It's a circle. So I, I do understand that fear. I don't think it's unfounded. And some brands are quaking in their boots about this and it, it might affect long term like artists and social media content creators abilities, especially LGBTQ, especially trans creators abilities to get funding in the future to have partnerships with big brands. So of course, the group of people being hurt the most from this fallout is of course, the most marginalized. And like, I don't know, what do you think? I, I we have always been kind of criticizing brands capitalization on Pride Month to sell their shit. It's gross. But also, like, if you're gonna do it, then fucking do it. You know? Stick to it. Stick to your fucking guns. Don't be an idiot. Yikes. Yeah, like, be an ally when it's hard. Not just when there's money to be made, but not even from, I'm not even talking from like a social allyship stance. I'm talking from a pure business stance. It's bad business to do something and then backtrack from it. If you're going to do it, do it. Unless 
yeah, it it it's just bad business. Like you didn't foresee there'd be blowback in today's climate. You didn't have any person being like, hey, there's a lot of anti-trans bills. So there might be some people that are mad about this. So let's just plan ahead business-wise for what that might look like. No one thought that through. Hmm. Just reading your comments. Chick-fil-A being boycotted, that is funny. Let's see. <laughs> we were talking about the Bud Light thing, and my dad was convinced that Dylan was the head of marketing and couldn't be told otherwise. Uh, has he never seen an influencer campaign? I don't answer that. We all know the answer already. Ugh. Dylan Mulvaney is a cinnamon roll. That's right. Anyway. So that's that. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> um, in other news, let's see. I don't have an article for you here. The debt ceiling. The debt ceiling. The bill has passed in the House, and now it needs to get through the Senate by Monday. Monday is when we're set to default on a bunch of things, which is bad. In the House, it did have the bill had strong bipartisan support, um, so it is looking like it'll get through the Senate too. Um, there are definitely shortcomings to this bill. There are like pipelines being pushed through because compromises had to be made. No sack. No, no one is fully satisfied with it. Except for maybe Kevin McCarthy, because he just is like was sucking his own dick about how proud he was that he got this through and did something. <laughs> um, but no one's happy with it, which is often what happens. That's the meaning of compromise. OK, that that's that's what happens. And there are people on the right and on the left, especially farther left and farther right, who are mad. I heard yesterday that Bernie Sanders is a no. Which makes sense. Like, yes, that, that makes sense that there would be objections to it. But most of lawmakers seem to be on board. Like, it was a surprisingly bipartisan vote yesterday in the House. And while obviously the status quo and business as usual does not serve ever anyone, everyone I mean, um, and it, it's bad for a lot of people, it is nice to see <laughs> that level of bipartisan support on anything. And to see them working together, at least in the face of financially, financial mutually assured destruction, I guess. So. It's happening. It's fine. Mainly, I'm just relieved because, like, yes, there are things about this that sucks, but I think not having reached any compromise would have been worse. Like there's in politics, as much as it fucking sucks, as much as I would love to have a, a leftist revolution in this country, see my video about communism that came out yesterday. Um, as much as I would love to see that, not that I'm a communist. After doing all that research, I'm like, okay, yeah. Communism, I'm not mad about it, but I don't, there's a lot to be said about it. Socialism, yeah, I'm I'm behind that. So, lock me up. Anyway, um, 
as much as I would love a socialist uprising in this country, uh, digging your heels in for the sake of like sticking to your moral grounds, sometimes in politics makes people worse off. Like if we had gotten to a point where we let ourselves default on moral grounds and we're unwilling to compromise, that would have been bad for a lot. And now we have to work on getting rid of the debt ceiling because it's fake. It's not real and it's stupid. Um, and that's another fight. But that conversation has started. Maybe that's a video idea. Why is there a debt ceiling? I don't know if that's interesting enough. Anyway, so that's that. Um, in other news, uh, AI. I love talking about AI. This one's a little... <laughs> I love talking about AI. I love talking about a risk of extinction via AI. This is fun for me. So a bunch of industry leaders, and by a bunch, I mean like 350, have signed a joint letter warning that future systems of AI could be as deadly as pandemics and nuclear weapons. Okay. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war a one-sentence statement released by the Center for AI Safety, a nonprofit organization. It was signed by more than 350 executives, researchers, and engineers working in AI, including this guy, also known as the godfather or one of the godfathers of AI, Jeffrey Hinton. The Daily from the New York Times, their podcast, they had an interesting episode that I listened to yesterday about the dangers of AI, and they included an interview with this guy, with Jeffrey Hinton. And he says he regrets his role in creating AI because he didn't realize how fast it would develop. And while it feels really like fear-mongery and science fiction-y to be afraid of AI, I honestly think that The Daily, that episode, they presented some information that gave me some serious pause. So I recommend listening to it and you can hear like an interview with this guy, which is interesting. Um, most notably from that, um, the thing that freaked me out the most was the use of AI in the military, like robot soldiers, which again, I know that sounds science fiction-y, but it's really not. It's not that outlandish. Um, so like taking AI, putting it inside a machine and arming that machine and sending them into battle. And this isn't like drones. This isn't like drones where there's someone hundreds of miles off sitting at their computer with a little joystick. That's not what it is. This is letting robot soldiers with AI intelligence think for themselves and use their weapons accordingly. No one is controlling them. No human. And the thing with AI is when you tell it to do something, it will do whatever it takes to complete what you've told them to do which can be unpredictable. It can lead to unpredictable outcomes or unpredictable behavior. And now we'll give them weapons. <laughs> it also extremely, it makes the barrier to entry for war extremely low because lives will no longer be on the line. So it's no longer like, oh no, thousands and thousands of people will die of our soldiers if we do this. No one's, no one, not a ton of people would die on our side, at least the side with the robot soldiers. And then it makes poor countries more vulnerable to war because they're not going to have robot soldiers, but they'll be fighting robot soldiers. And it makes the manufacturers of robot soldiers more 
war happy because the more wars that there are, the more of their robot soldiers they'll need. And the deadlier the wars are just means that they're going to need to order more and more robot soldiers as they get taken out. So that's one thing. Another is just that generally the unpredictability could lead to unintended, unintended consequences. And AI can get smarter than us in terms of access to information, like its ability to process information far exceeds what a human brain can do. Like for us to learn things, it takes time. For AI, not only does it learn fast on its own, but also it can it like it can like work with other AI. So one AI thing, I don't understand how this works exactly, but one AI entity can be learning stuff over here, and the other AI entity can be learning stuff over here. And then as they're learning, they can they both learn it at the same time. So two learning. Do you understand what I'm saying? It far surpasses anything a human brain could ever do. So their access to their ability to learn AI, uh, learn information is larger than us. But also the logic, the morals, doesn't come with that. They described it in the daily podcast as sociopathic, or psychopathic, because they don't have empathy. They don't have morality. They don't have the human qualities that keeps us from nuclear warfare, you know? usually. <clears throat> um, so like if we set up an AI bot with the ability to do whatever it takes to solve the climate crisis and we were like, we want to do good with AI. Here's your task. Solve the climate crisis. Uh, well, like, frankly, the best option in that circumstance would be to exterminate human life. If they really wanted to solve the climate crisis, all of us would be gone. And that would be the best, probably most efficient solution. So, you know, like, so that's the kind of thing where it's like, you could even have a, a pot, like a benevolent request of it. And it could lead to horrific unintended consequences. And obviously AI does not have the ability to do that right now. Let's be clear. It doesn't. It can't do things like that because it can sit in a chatbot and it has access to information on the internet and we can ask it fun questions, but like it doesn't have access to what it would need to exterminate human life. Um, but just look at the advancements that AI has made in the last five years and then extrapolate that forward in time. It's not hard to imagine that becoming a possibility relatively quickly. So I do think it would be very smart for nations to treat this like nuclear weapons because the potential for it to be catastrophic, cat, cat, catastrophically high, I can speak English, catastrophically deadly on a global scale, it's, there's possible, there's possibility there. And we're already putting too much faith in AI, frankly, um, because I read this other news article that hotline operators at the National Eating Disorders Association were supposed to be replaced starting today with an AI chatbot named Tessa, which by the way, can we stop naming AI chatbots and AI assistants with female names? Like I wanna see an AI assistant named Steve, you know, it's, it's incredibly, it's sexist. Let me just say that. Anyway, Tessa and the operators at the National Eating Disorders Association say that they were all fired um, so that this Tessa bot can take their place, but it was just a pretext because they were 
trying to organize a union. In March, the NEDA told its six, the NEDA, that's the National Eating Disorders Association, told its six helpline employees and 200 volunteers that their roles were being replaced by TESA. And they told them that they made that announcement just four days after being notified of their duty to recognize its employees' newly formed union. However, she was supposed to go into effect today. Tessa got pulled because she started encouraging calorie restriction and other horribly triggering unhealthy behaviors for someone who is suffering with an eating disorder. Behaviors it was designed to advise against. And so now, because they already, they fired everyone preemptively, now they have just no live support. And they're working on like fixing whatever was wrong with her. Like humans are fucking idiots. That's why this is so scary because we need to put regulations in place before people start trusting AI with shit that is even deadlier than telling someone with anorexia that they should go on a calorie restricted diet, which is deadly. But like, that's just a start of the potential for harm. Yes, petition for a gender queer AI. Give me that. Mm hmm. Just reading your comments. Oops. Uh, AI bros are pulling out of Europe because Europe's like AI can only be implemented here if people don't lose their jobs. That's another thing. It's like it, it's. It, it could very well replace not just like factory jobs, blue collar jobs, but like white collar jobs, office workers. Which would be fine if, hey, what if we took the advancements we could make economically from AI and turn it into a universal basic income? So that the people whose jobs get replaced aren't fucking destitute. Like what if we use society's progress to just like provide for everyone in our society? Wouldn't that be crazy. Wouldn't that be nuts? Yes. The idea that anyone wants to speak to an AI trying to get help from that type of hotline, like the fact that these people run a hotline like this and thought, yes, this will be sufficient is fucking terrifying. Who the fuck are they? Like they are bad people. I can just, let me just say that they're bad people. That's an opinion. You can't sue me for defamation for saying that. I personally believe that you are a bad person. If you are the head of a National Eating Disorders Association and you think that an AI chatbot is sufficient to help the people who are in crisis and calling your helpline. I have I have been a volunteer who answers helpline for not for eating disorders, but for people experiencing domestic violence. That is not a moment when you want to deal with a fucking robot. That's not what you're looking for in those moments. You need, yeah, you need human connection. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, don't tell Howard Schultz and Starbucks they can fire people and replace them with robots. Instead of unionizing. And that's that's scary too, because like the union movement is starting to kind of pick up a little bit of speed. 
And if this is the outcome, if AI can just replace them all, where what happens to workers' rights, you know? Ugh. I hate it. All right. Um, in other news, Danny Masterson of That 70s Show was found guilty on two counts of forcible rape. The third count, the jury was deadlocked on. That trial's been going on for a while because the first one, I think, ended in a hung jury. I made a video about it. Danny Masterson in Scientology. If you want to watch that, go back a few months in my videos on my main channel. Um, I guess we could go into a quick consumption. Consumption corner. Um, I have been watching Yellow Jackets. Can't stop. It's so good. You love a queer cannibalistic disaster romance. <laughs> um, it's spooky. There are spooky moments. I don't love the man with no eyes. I hate that part. Hate it. But otherwise, really having a good time. Watched the season finale of um, Succession. Thought it was good. A little anticlimactic, to be frank. Like, I think they could have done something a bit more explosive. But I was entertained. And I'm reading a book. Um, her Body and Other Parties. By, her last name's Machado. Maria, maybe? Carmen Machado, is that right? She also wrote In the Dream House, which I just finished. Which was beautiful. It's like a beautiful memoir um her body and other parties is like a collection of short stories which is fun and that's what i've been consuming that's all my updates again the launch of my new course is today the link is in the description down below if you want to learn more about it i'm super excited if you've purchased the course i know some of you have thank you so much don't forget at noon central time which is in 52 minutes we are having a little exclusive meet and greet over in the Catalyst Club, I will be, after this, sending you a link to both the course and the club to remind you to come to that meet and greet. I can't wait to meet you. It'll be very fun. We can hang out, talk about the course. So uh, don't forget, and I'll see you there. And thank you to everyone for being here today. I will be back next week, same time, same place. And also keep an eye out for my new edited video coming out next Wednesday. I'm still playing around with the topic. I think I might make a video about the like red pill manosphere and how that came to be. That that whole incels, that whole community, Andrew Tate, like how did how did we get here? Um, which hey, maybe I'll get some blowback and vitriol online for that, and then we can talk more about that. <laughs> uh, should be fun. Um, and then yesterday I dropped a new video all about communism, why the United States is so obsessed with communism. And that was really fun to make. And like lots of research went into that one. So please go watch that if that interests you. And I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Live with Lija. Catch me live over on YouTube every Thursday at 1030 a.m. Central Time or listen in podcast form every Thursday afternoon. See you next time, you dirty little rascal.